0: Jay-Z's title is in for a tsunami of doom. And auto dealers say Facebook doesn't sell cars. Sorry, Facebook. This is episode 17 of Media Unplugged, the podcast that goes behind the spin to reveal what's really happening in media.
1: Media Unplugged with Tom A. Sacker and Mark Ramsey.
0: Welcome to Media Unplugged. I am Mark Ramsey. And I am Tom Asacker. Tom, Jay-Z's title is in for A Tsunami of Doom. Title, of course, is the new artist-owned streaming service uh, brought to you by Jay-Z and a bunch of his super celebrity friends, and we're referring to an article from um, Pando Daily by David Holmes, and the title is, Three Biggest Misconceptions About the Music Industry and Jay-Z's Title, Which is Doomed Anyway. I love when he put that right in the title.
1: (laughs) sounds interesting, doesn't it? I mean, artists own global music and entertainment platform.
0: It sounds great. It makes you want to check the price, doesn't it? And then you see that it's $10 per month, which is the same price for Spotify, for the premium tier of Spotify, I might add, or $20 per month for the super-duper high-fidelity tier where Jay-Z evidently comes to your house and sings in your ear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, that might work, you see. <laughs>
0: I'm here to tell you, Tom. I've done a lot of research on this over the years, and I'm here here to tell you, nobody will value that premium distinction. People don't hear it. I've looked at this over and over and over. There've been experiments from, you know, uh, from from quadraphonic sound to HD radio, and none of these experiments pan out. It. We heard complaints when we went from vinyl to CD, and then from CD to MP3 and consumers, regular people, not musicians, not artists, but regular people, we all throw up our arms and say, I can't tell the difference, I don't really care. And then we go back to listening to the lower sound quality of radio and the even lower sound quality of satellite radio.
1: Yeah, I'm confused. So help me, Mark. Is The actual high-definition audio version, the $20 a month on $19.99, is the streaming, are the bits that are streaming Higher definition, or do you need a, a, a higher definition headphone to hear it? I mean, how
0: does that work? <laughs> Your confusion is exactly why it won't work. Because under the, unless people buy some fancy new headphones, they're not going to hear an appreciable difference over the the headphones the speakers they have. And if they do hear an appreciable difference, they're not going to value it to the tune of. 10 more dollars a month so either way it won't matter
1: but you're telling me it's the it's the actual audio quality that's streaming in, in on your phone yes that's okay does that cost more money to stream a higher
0: yes. definition
1: it, it, it costs more yes a lot more <laughs> i mean wh- i don't I know t- if it's twice as much but, you I mean, know, why not just come out and say, look, $10 a month, the same as Spotify, and we have the high-definition audio. Uh, but, but to go to 20 bucks a month to I see, see if you can actually saying. hear
0: it? Well, I think the answer is, first of all, I think even that experiment wouldn't work because the key with Spotify is not the audio quality. It's the freemium tier. It's the idea that you can get in for free and try it for a while, which most of Spotify's listeners do before sinking the extra money. Uh, to subscribe, so uh, they're they're getting the wrong side of the equation. Um, it's not the key. Isn't the super premium side? The key is the free side, and they're missing out on that altogether. And then the other thing, Tom, is that they, you know, there's no clear sense of exclusive content. If you're one of these super premium artists, where are you going to put your exclusives? Are you going to put it on title with however few subscribers title has? Or are you going to succumb to the much greater temptation to go with either big distribution, which any artist invariably wants, or right. deep pockets? Ideally, the artists want both but they're gonna go for the big distribution or they're gonna go for the places with the deep pockets like say Apple. So they would do um, a an exclusive deal on Apple long before they do an exclusive deal on Tidal. Are they doing this still under contract with record labels? Yes, I believe so, yes. So the
1: labels have to agree. I mean, are the labels are gonna, uh, gonna say, oh sure, release it on uh, Tidal as an exclusive deal. We don't care that there's only gonna be a few thousand people listening. <laughs> I, 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 I'm having a problem understanding this. Well, There's that's a catch
0: because to, the, the, right? the, the incentives are aligned for both parties there, though, right? Because neither the artist nor the label would want that to happen. That's why my point is they're going to go with distribution and they're going to go with deep pockets. So it's, why
1: are the artists investing in this
0: thing? Um, be, because of the myth that Pandora and Spotify are evil, and that's taken up in this article as well they go into the actual statistics, the actual audited statistics from Ernst and & Young, and here's what they say. For every um, dollar that uh, that comes from streaming, record labels net 45.6% of the revenue. 45.6%, the labels. The hmm. supposedly evil, greedy platform, the Spotifys, the Pandoras, or whatever, in this case, Spotify and Deezer, take home only 21%. Um, After 16.7% is taken out for taxes, that leaves 10% for songwriters and publishers and 7% for artists. So,
1: (laughs) you've got... Aren't the labels going to still pick up their 40% on title?
0: Of course. That's the whole point. (laughs) The point is that this awful deal for artists is awful in the same proportions regardless of where it exists, right? Because... (laughs) So this so you can look at Spotify as being uh, evil, but the reality is the labels are taking more than twice as much money from Spotify, and at least Spotify is creating distribution. The labels are just creating middlemen.
1: Yeah, so this is basically just trying to take that money that Spotify is making and then and have it come into this title platform and then distribute that to the artists that own the platform somehow. That's right. And, and, yeah, and I, that,
0: that's And ultimately the question is, you know, how, to what degree do consumers really care more about the artists than they care about themselves? And I'm going to argue that they do not. Here's now, why another, are these people doing that? Are they running out of songs to write or something? They want I think get ev- into- everyone looks at Beats and says, I want a deal like that. I'm going to build title into something that somebody's going to want to buy. And the question is, it. who in the world is going to want to buy that? There's another yeah. thing in this article, too, where they talk about the myth that nobody pays for music anymore. And this is central to the cost equation. Because, in fact, people do pay for music. It says at music industry's peak in 1999, the average music consumer spent $28 a year. Today, the average iTunes user spends $48 a year on music. Now, let's do the math. $10 a month times 12 (laughs) is $120, which is you know four times what music consumers spent on average in 1999 four times that's the lower tier that's not the upper tier so and that's to say nothing of the psychology when you pay ten dollars a month for you know an endless um, uh, uh, an endless uh, um, a volume of music, the feeling is like you've got to get your money's worth right right But if you're not the kind of person who values that much, Premium music. If what you're on the radio, or what you can get off Pandora, or whatever, is simply good enough, then you're not going to pay even that first month's ten dollars.
1: Well, that's the key. I mean, streaming this whole streaming music game is 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 accumulating large numbers of subscribers, and most of those potential subscribers have been trained not to pay for their music. Right. So, how, how are you going to go get them now? to pay $10, $20 a month. What is, what is the, that value equation that, that, that's so great? Uh, we have to go get that now. Well, I don't see it.
0: And the, the value equation only matters for people who value that music enough, who values the on-demand ability enough, who values having whatever they want right now their way and uh, values it in quantities uh, where it's not sufficient to go to iTunes and spend a buck 29. So we'll see how that pans out, but I think the, uh, uh, the tide is going to stay out for title. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You're listening to Media Unplugged with Tom Asacker and Mark Ramsey. Auto dealers say Facebook doesn't sell cars. Imagine that, Tom.
1: That's crazy.
0: This is... This is <laughs> This is from an article in the New York Times by by Vindu Goel, and it opens as follows: Matt Howell, the general manager of a Hyundai dealership in Huntsville, Texas, has been in the auto business for 18 years. In all that time, he said, "quote I can think of one deal that originated on Facebook." <laughs> this, this Tom is the is the problem of what happens when the um, the Facebook economy trickles down to small, locally owned, and locally focused businesses, even businesses as big as as auto dealerships, and all of a sudden, people don't know how to use the tools, people don't understand why they should use the tools, and in some cases, people aren't even maintaining a Facebook page. What's your take on this?
1: Well, look, it seems a bit short-sighted to me. Just because Facebook doesn't, quote-unquote, sell cars, it doesn't mean that Facebook doesn't work it's a communication tool. And business today, as it always has been, but it's more complicated today, it's a process. It starts with some type of engagement where you charm people, where you make people feel comfortable and get them to see that you're like them, mm-hmm. you know, so that they will then like you. And that's what social media is good for. It humanizes business. And, and who needs humanizing more than auto dealers, who for most people, <laughs> Is the stereotypical old-school hard-sell environment,
0: right? It's absolutely that. In fact, this article quotes one uh, auto dealer who said he's gotten, uh, compared to the usual stuff he put out on Facebook, he's gotten far more engagement from original items like a nine-second iPhone video he shot inviting people to come play the dealership's Pac-Man arcade games. <laughs> <laughs> so, but here's the question. I mean, this article goes on to say that these guys, they have these tools now to manage their local social media efforts through Facebook and so on. They don't know what content to create. They, they, they're they confused about that. They don't understand why they should invest the time in creating content, and they don't see the connection between, for example, a nine-second Facebook video uh, on how to uh, play our arcade games and getting people to buy cars. I don't know that that's completely whack. Do you? Uh...
1: I understand how they don't see it, but I don't understand how they don't see that if a young person goes and looks for a dealer's Facebook page and they don't find one, they're just (laughs) gonna assume that these people don't know how to get online, that that's how old they are sitting Mm -hmm. in that dealership, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, so, so don't, I mean, can't they see that they can just use that to engage people? To be likable? They Can't they that? do the ice bucket challenge and post it on their Facebook page so that people can go look and say, oh, these are real people over there. You know, maybe they are likable people that I can trust and work with.
0: Yeah, see, that's the challenge. The challenge is that um, that the, the people who install these systems for them say they just don't know what content to create, so we've got to work with them to create content first. And here's the thing, and this is stressed in this article, that um, what the experts in the space agree on is the most reliable route to success is to pay to promote posts as ads, something that Hyundai is not yet teaching its dealers. Mm. So in other words, they're talking about social media, but they're not talking about probably the most effective impact uh, uh, aspect of Facebook, which is the use of Facebook for promoted posts and Facebook advertising. Um, Here's someone else in this article. Neglecting advertising is a big mistake. Quote, I don't even bother wasting my people's time posting all day, said uh, a guy who owns one company to help dealers do this. By focusing on ads, including the ones that target car buyers when they are near rival dealers, he said, he increased sales and cut marketing expenses per car sold to $90 from $500. Now, he's talking about ads, and I assure you, he's not talking about the kind of ads that help people understand that they can come in and play Pac-Man.
1: Well, look, ads work too. I mean it, it's use the right tool for what you're trying to accomplish. You know, if you're mm-hmm. trying to if you're trying to humanize your your dealership and, and the people, mm-hmm. well, you've got a you've got a powerful free tool to use to do that. If you're trying to entice people with an ad, well, you've got some tools to do that too. So it's understanding which tool to use and how to go about using it. Maybe part of the problem is, is that you know, there's a mindset when these folks walk in the door, sell, 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 sell. Maybe yeah. they don't even know how to be social.
0: Well, that's what I think. I think they should just abandon the effort, go straight to the ads. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Hyundai said it knows social media advertising is important but it noted that dealers need to learn the basics of creating good content first quote if you hit anyone with it all at once it would be very overwhelming i think they're putting the cart before the horse i think i think these guys don't know how to create content they're not going to know how to create content what they know how to do is have sellathons let them have sellathons <laughs> you know uh, and here, one of the, uh, the, the general manager of one uh, dealership said, selling cars boils down to one principle. Treat your customers well, and they will sing your praises to family and friends. Those personal relationships are more important, he said. And, you know, that led me to believe, to, to ask, what happened to the real world? What happened to word of mouth in the real world? You know that's really what he's saying here. He's saying, you know, you can't put everything in a can. The video of people playing Pac Man is not a substitute for where did you buy your car? I bought it from Mossy Nissan, and they're great, terrific. I'm going to check them out. Am right. I wrong? But,
1: well, nobody, nobody's in the real world anymore. We're <laughs> all we're all tied to our desk. We're all virtual now. So, so when I when I say to people on Facebook where do you guys uh, recommend that I go look for a car? I get nine different things coming back at me. And so what do I do? I go click their Facebook links that, that people email me and I go look at them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not the same old, we're not, we're not getting out of work at 5.30 all sitting around a table saying, what's up, where do you buy a car? You know, We're sitting at a desk or on a phone all day long and we, and we look at our stream, our social stream. And we ask some questions, and invariably, what comes back when you ask a group of people what they think, all kinds of different information. So here's
0: what they need. I think that's that's right. And but here's what they need. They need some entity to create the content for them in a can and syndicate it across uh, across dealerships because these guys can't do it themselves. And at the same time, they need to go all in on Facebook advertising. Those are the two things I think that need to happen because for them to sit around with these tools and try and figure out what the heck they should post on Facebook today, that's just a fruitless endeavor. And they're not seeing the connection between that and uh, making a sale.
1: I'm with you on that, 100%.
0: (laughs) It's time for Rants and Raves. Tom, what do you have this week? Oh, it was a slow week.
1: I really didn't find a lot to rant about. I mean, the only thing I found that, that really kind of threw me a little bit was I read that the, um, the dead pop star Selena is going back on tour. <laughs> her family is partnering with a Nevada company called Acrovert, and they're going to create the CGI version of her. Mm-hmm. Now, let me quote what they say because I don't understand it. it, it this is what they said, quote, Using detailed, individual, personalized functions spanning the mind, brain, and body, (laughs) Selena's digitized human essence will autonomously learn and react on behalf of its human counterparts. (laughs) What
0: the hell is that?
1: What does that even mean? I, I,
0: I don't know, but it's the future of the porn industry, whatever it is.
1: Well, let me tell you, I don't like it because... Now technology is going to kill the market for the Elvis impersonators. And I think, and I think that's very sad. And, and, you know, you never know what's going to really play out because I read that in Japan, they already have a completely fabricated holographic pop star named Hatsune Miku. So it looks like technology may eventually kill the market for real pop stars as well.
0: I can't say I'm against that. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they start with Kanye. <laughs> Let them start with Kanye and move from there. I'm going to be talking about one of them in, in, uh, in my set of uh, rants and raves. I actually and have, you have? Yeah. one rave and a couple of rants. I'm going to start with the rave. As we all know, it's time for Game of Thrones to come back. Um, and with it, HBO Now, which is HBO's new, you know, over-the-top yep. uh, uh, ability to subscribe to HBO content directly Uh, independent, irrespective, and indifferent to whatever cable platform you choose to have or not to have. Well, you may know there was a guy named Jake Caputo who in 2012 launched a site, this was before the HBO Now thing, called TakeMyMoneyHBO.com, where he asked (laughs) fans to tweet the price they'd pay for a standalone HBO streaming service, and that was the whole site. Well, HBO is never one to kind of let an opportunity pass, so... For the introduction of HBO Now, they created a video uh, where they're interviewing Jake about how he feels now that HBO Now is available. Isn't that great? This is exactly what his site was meant to, to lead <laughs> to and so on. And um, in the middle of the video in this hotel room in L.A., I assume, in walk two heavies from The Sopranos. Wow. And they walk into the video. They interrupt the uh, interview. Uh, and Jake seems genuinely surprised by this interruption <laughs> because their goal is to take his money. What? The, the offer is, take my money now, HBO. So they come <laughs> in and they say, how much money you got? Give me your wallet. We're taking your money, Jake, on behalf of HBO. And it's just a fabulous video, and it's on YouTube right now on HBO's channel. That's clever. you, you got to see it. It really is so, so clever and so That's clever. That's the rave. A couple of rants for you. First of all, Um, You may know that Madonna uh, released a new video this week. Did you know that? I did not. The video is called Ghost Town, and she decided to release it on Meerkat. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I know. That was my first thought, too. I thought, you know okay so I understand her desire to be utterly au courant and be in, immensely in the moment and not deal with any technology that didn't exist more than three seconds ago because at least she can generate a news piece on her technology in case she doesn't generate any news pieces on her new song <laughs> so the problem is that apparently the debut on meerkat failed so instead of generating pieces upon about how great the song was or how great the The live stream was on Meerkat. (laughs) The social media dialogue went uh, along these lines. I'm on Meerkat for the Madonna video premiere. It's a hashtag ghost town. The Meerkat slash Madonna slash ghost town thing is similar to a Madonna show. You're expecting it to start at a certain time, but it is invariably late. So this was just an utter fail. So it, what it, happened?
1: The video the, the video, video didn't work. The video
0: never materialized. <laughs> so all these people went on Meerkat to find the video and it never materialized. It was literally Tom a ghost town. Oh wow. So that just goes to show you what happens when you, you know, throw your lot in with the latest and greatest just so you can get a news release about the latest and greatest and, you know, associate <laughs> with yourself with what's new rather than what uh, debuted in 1982. Exactly. Um, My last rant, there are signs popping up all over L.A., street signs, and they say this, no Kardashian parking anytime. What? (laughs) It's the work of, of course, a performance artist named Plastic Jesus, and (laughs) you can can see these signs all over uh, L.A., Um, and uh, he's quoted telling the Hollywood Reporter that the signs are intended as a comment on America's pandemic obsession with celebrity. Quote, We've allowed mainstream media to become so profit-driven, we are sacrificing genuine news stories to satiate our vapid celebrity obsessions. This from an artist... Called Plastic Jesus. Called Plastic Jesus, (laughs) who generates attention for himself by associating his brand with vapid celebrity <laughs> obsessions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And somehow the irony of that is completely lost on Plastic Jesus. I don't know. Are you sure it is? Are you sure it is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right about that. That's Media Unplugged, for this week. Please remember to subscribe to us at iTunes and on Stitcher. And while you're there, please rate the show. It helps other folks discover us. You can also catch us at SoundCloud, Podcast One, Radio Inc., Media Biz Bloggers, and Net News Check. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Asacker and Mark at MarkRamseyMedia. Send us your questions and comments using hashtag media Unplugged. If there's a media topic you want us to cover, tweet us. You can read the show notes and share the show at our website, which is MediaUnplugged.net. Special thanks to the fantabulous producer of Media MediaUnplugged, Jeff Schmidt. Exciting audio for media. You can find him at Jeff-Schmidt.com. For Tom Asacker, I am Mark Ramsey, your humble servant. Thanks for listening.